From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 160 for the week of June 27, 2013. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone, welcome to the show. I'm your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by our Disneyland team. Nancy Johnson, Mary Jo Malata-Willie, Michael Bowling, and Tony Spatel. In this segment, Michael celebrates the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. And what better what better way to celebrate than with my friends here? Dole whips all around. That's right. And we'll get into that. Well, you know, okay. it, it is better when it's shared. It yes, is. It is. Oh. <laughs> no, you can't have my Dole Whip, though. Yeah, no, um, no sharing of Dole Whips. Okay, can you name the two attractions that bear Walt Disney's name? The Enchanted Tiki Room. Okay, Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. What's the other one? Um, well, not Walt the Disney's. The Walt Disney Story in the... Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln? That's right, Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress. Oh, we were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You can tell he's a teacher. (laughs) Okay. That's not in our park anymore, so there you go. I know. That's true. Um, The Enchanted Tiki Room is kind of like it's a small world. People either love it or hate it, and no matter how you actually feel about it, you're guaranteed to have the song stuck in your head after you leave. Now, long before Disneyland opened, Walt um, dreamed of having animated figures using cables and cams. Um, He even went so far as to contact a patent attorney in 1949 and propose dimensional animation. Um, But the idea would unite three-dimensional figures that could move to synchronized audio track. But as with so many of Walt's ideas, though, his idea was way far ahead of its time and was limited by the technology of the day, so that when Disneyland opened in 1955, the park featured crude versions of audio-animatronic figures, and these figures had limited movements and were unreliable, and this is best illustrated by the simple animals that we see on the Jungle Cruise. Now, while on vacation in New Orleans, or Europe, depending upon which vision of the story you hear, um, Walt found and purchased a mechanical bird that could sing while moving its beak, head, and wings. And he thought to himself, if toy makers can do this, my Imagineers can do it better. So he took the bird home, gave it to his team so they could dissect it and discover what made it tick. And I know. Really. I'm amazed they could put it back together I know. again. Yeah, we've seen that bird. <laughs> yeah, because they... they <laughs> Yeah, they have it in the archives, and they've also, D23, um, had it. Wasn't it on display at the Ronald Reagan Museum? Yes. Yes, which means it'll probably be at the D23 Expo. Yep. Wouldn't surprise me. So so Walt's Imagineers at the time were working on the AA audio-animatronic figure of Abraham Lincoln, but Walt told them to put his Lincoln idea on hold and to concentrate all of their efforts on his new project. So in the months that followed, his Imagineers built life-size cockatoos, toucans, macaws, and other tropical birds. Disney legend Bob Gurr, who had his hand in a lot of different projects during this real ambitious time, um, in Disney history, made a small but significant contribution to the Tiki Room. Um, he was working 
an Abraham Lincoln figure that was going to be in the great moments with Mr. Lincoln show at the New York World's Fair. But they had to have somebody stop and draw up some of the cages the birds would sit in. So Bob Gurr said he put the complicated honest day figure aside for a time and he designed bird cages. <laughs> so now most people, when they sit down for the show at the Enchanted Tiki Room at Disneyland, don't realize that if things had worked out differently, they'd be sitting there not for a show, but for a meal. Because um, Walt's original plan for the Tiki Room was to make it into a restaurant. So John Hench, who wore many hats as an artist, an animator, an Imagineer, and eventually he was the senior vice president of Walt Disney Imagineering, went to work on an initial sketch of the Tiki Room. And his rendition, if you've seen the, the pictures, was exquisite, but it included bird cages, birds in cages above the tables. And Walt assumed the birds were real. And he said, you can't put birds in there, John. And John wasn't, wasn't sure why not, but Walt was emphatic about not having birds in the tiki room. And, and Wally, uh, Rolly Crump, imagine Rolly Crump told this story. And he said that finally Walt came out with it. The birds will poop in the food. Except Rolly said that Walt didn't say poop. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, Walt was a man of the people. Um, <laughs> so, so, John explained, they're not real birds, Walt, they're stuffed birds. And to Walt, that was almost as bad as poop in the food. He said, we don't <laughs> stuff birds here. So they they only look stuffed, John told him. They're mechanical and they cheat. And Walt liked the notion of cheaping or singing birds. And he said, maybe they can move a little and sing. And that's how the Tiki Room began, as a restaurant with birds that looked stuffed, but were actually mechanical and could cheap. Now, the Plaza Pavilion restaurant at the end of Main Street, that's now the Jolly Holiday Bakery, had Adventureland seating there before the Tiki Room was built. All the seating for Plaza Pavilion went all the way to Adventureland. And they put the seating and flowers there to help sort of provide somewhat of a transition from Main Street to Adventureland. But they weren't happy with that transition. So they thought that placing a tiki-themed restaurant between the Plaza Pavilion and the Adventureland entrance would provide a better defined transition between the two lands. But of course, the Tiki Room isn't a restaurant, and it never was a restaurant, but it did come close. The restaurant to be called the Tiki Hut was intended to share a kitchen with the Plaza Pavilion and the Tahitian Terrace. And there are still aspects of the building that give away its original nature. Um, and Nancy's brought this up. Um, it's the only attraction to have its own restroom. And, yes. yeah, and another marked of the planned restaurant, that magic flower in the center, mad magic fountain in the center of the room. Do you know what that is originally planned to be? Journal? <laughs> oh my gosh! No, it's, yes, it's, oh, it's Tony's wonderful world of color um, area. Um, it was no, actually yeah. a buffet. It was actually a um, a buffet station area for yeah. dishes and stuff. Yeah, it was going to be a coffee station, and there's and there's a storage compartment built into the base for mm -hmm. all the utensils and everything. Um, tables and chairs were purchased, 
and a show with mechanical birds complete with cheeping narration, singing, and music was designed, and Walt loved the show. He knew that everyone who came into the Tiki Hut would love the show, and that was the problem. People would come in for a meal, eat it, and not want to leave because they loved the show and wanted to keep watching it. So... Walt finally realized a restaurant with people reluctant to leave wouldn't be very profitable. So Walt decided to keep the show and turn the Tiki Hut into the Tiki Room and make it into an attraction. So when it first opened, people sat on the same chairs to watch the show that they would have used to eat their meals. (laughs) But eventually, though, chairs were replaced with long benches to better accommodate the larger numbers of people. And the larger people. Now, yes, now it's the larger people. (laughs) (laughs) So they didn't need the restaurant to get larger. um, The Tiki Room was the first Disney attraction to feature audio animatronics, and since it required the use of computers, and the operations room is located underneath the attraction, it also meant that it was the first ride or attraction to offer air conditioning, um, which continues to add to its popularity, I think, in the hot summers. Um, In order to make the birds look as realistic as possible, the designers opted to use real feathers on their bodies. And, but they, they used feathers that, uh, you know, had fallen off of birds. They did not, like, <laughs> you know, they didn't, they didn't kill and pluck birds. Okay. As far as uh, we know. No, no. Actually, the, I think Harriet Burns once in an interview said that because people were making claims Disney had slaughtered birds or something um they didn't think the feathers look quite right on the bird's chest though so they continued to brainstorm on what to use until imagineer harriet burns had lunch with walt one day um he was wearing a cashmere sweater and harriet noticed that the fabric moved on his elbows the exact way the team had envisioned the bird's chest to move and if you listen to my segment on my windows on main street segment with harriet burns's daughter um we talk about this and how Harriet Burns designed the um, Tiki Room Birds. Um, so maybe you can put that a link to that show in our yeah, show notes, definitely. Tom. Um, when the attraction opened, the four host birds all had the same colored feathers, white, green, yellow, and blue. But as time progressed, the designers desi- decided that each bird's coloring should represent his country of origin. So Jose is red, white, and green, and that's for which country? Mexico. Mexico. Mexico, right. Michael is white and green. Italian. Or, he's no. uh, actually he's from Ireland. Okay. And and um Pierre is blue, white and red. France. France, right? And Fritz is black, red and white. Germany. Or Germany. Oh, right. isn't Germany black, red and yellow though? Oh, anyway, sorry. Never I mind. No. That's terrible. I should look. Now, if you've ever wondered about the breakdown of birds to flowers to tiki carvings, there's over 150 animatronic actors in the show, including 54 sinking orchids, 12 toucans, 12 tiki drummers, 8 macaws, including the four hosts, and 7 bird of paradise flowers. Now, Walt decided to put ownership of the attraction under his own company, Wed Enterprises, rather than the Walt Disney Company, which owned the rest of the park. So this meant that guests had to pay a small admission fee of a staggering 75 cents when the attraction opened on June 23, 1963. 
When the ticket books were introduced, the Tiki Room was an e-ticket attraction. Now, certain voices in the Tiki Room might sound familiar to you, and there's a really good reason for that. Um, Fritz and the Hawaiian god Tangaroa from, um, you know, outside in the pre-show are both voiced by Thurl Ravenscroft, and he's mm. the same man who voiced Tony the Tiger and sang You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, in that classic cartoon, and performed the lead vocals for Grim Grinning Ghosts in the Haunted Mansion. And as for some of the lesser-known voice talents in the attraction, Jose is voiced by Wally Bogue, who was the star actor in the Golden Horseshoe Review all the way up until 1986. Um, Bogue also helped write a lot of the script for The Haunted Mansion, and he was honored as a Disney legend in 1995 and um, also has his own window on Main Street. Michael is voiced by Fulton Burley, who also worked on The Golden Horseshoe Review. Um, Pierre is performed performed by Ernie Newton, who did the singing vocals for Boo Boo Bear in Hey There, It's Yogi Bear. Mm. Remember that? Remember that cartoon? And most of the other birds' vocals were done by Purvis Pullen, who is also known as Dr. Horatio Q. Birdbath, and he is best known for his work with the satirical band Spike Jones and his city slickers. And that, go, that goes Spike way Jones. back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, um, the Sherman brothers wrote the Tiki 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 Room, and Robert Hargreaves, Stanley Damerel, and Tolshard Evans wrote Let's All Sing Like the Birdies Sing. Now, it's probably, it's hard for us to think of this today, but in 1963, the public couldn't begin to fathom what the Enchanted Tiki Room was all about. Cast members would try to explain there were singing birds and flowers inside the building, but guests just didn't get it, and they would just walk past the attraction on their way to other places in the park. Even the Disneyland TV show failed to convey the magic awaiting guests inside the Tiki Room, so they they needed a solution to promote the show appropriately. So it wasn't too long before the Barker bird landed outside the Tiki Room. And he was situated on a perch above the enchanted tiki room turnstiles. And he was a new audio animatronic bird that was added to the show. So from high above, the Barker bird, who was actually a copy of Jose, who performs in the show, would call guests below and talk about the virtues of the performances inside. And this worked. For the first time, guests could experience a sophisticated audio animatronics figure and were intrigued enough to go inside to see the entire show. But there was a drawback to the Barker Bird. He became an attraction in his own right. The entrance into Adventureland, as you know, is very narrow. So people would stop to listen to Barker Bird, and that walkway became impassable. So eventually, after the show became well-established, the Barker Bird was um, retired. But we're all going to be able to, to see the Barker Bird again and experience him. Because as a tribute to Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room, the Walt Disney Family Museum in San Francisco recently announced they're working with Garner Holt Industries, who does many of the audio animatronic figures for Disneyland, to mm-hmm. recreate the Barker Bird. 
So Bill Farmer, who's the voice of Goofy, is going to approximate the original voice of Wally Bogue, who voiced the original Barker Bird. And as Walt Disney did on television, museum guests are going to be able to manipulate the Barker Bird using using a joystick. So the Barker Bird should fly into the Walt Disney Family Museum in 2014. Yeah, that's going to be really cool. Garner Holton is also the company that just redid um, the... The log, Nuts, the log ride at Knott's Berry Farm. Yeah, I uh, yeah, and I remember you guys talked about that. That's supposed to be incredible. Yeah. It's really nice. <laughs> now, since the show was 17 minutes in length, it was realized that some sort of diversion was going to be required to keep guests entertained while waiting for the next presentation to begin. So, what they did was a number of Polynesian gods were situated around the perimeter of the holding area. So shortly before entering the building, each god spoke to the audience and provided a brief explanation to his or her importance and function. But these weren't AA figures. Um, their lips don't move their, or their eyes don't open. Some of the figures rock back and forth or drop flowers from their branches. But there was nothing sophisticated about these tiki gods. Um, Roly Crump um, designed most of these because he collected this type of artwork. So he um, used... Uh, he, he got inspiration from his own collection to design the gods. Now, you know, we're hearing a lot of complaints these days about sponsorship, such as Starbucks on Main Street in certain mm. parks. But, you know, for folks who don't like the idea of Disney attractions being sponsored, they might want to reconsider their position when it comes to the Tiki Room. The original sponsor, United Airlines, didn't do anything to particularly hurt or help the attraction. But Dole did when it took over as sponsor in 1976. Not only did Dole enhance the show by offering delicious pineapple treats like the Dole Whip, which is um, probably the most important aspect of the whole show experience, um, they put a stipulation in their contract that the attraction had to remain unchanged. So when wow. you consider what happened to the other park's tiki rooms, yeah. this can be interpreted as a major victory for fans of the Enchanted Tiki Room. So t- speaking about the other parks, when the Magic Kingdom in Disney World opened, they offered a show that was pretty much the exact same, only they called it the Tropical Serenade. This attraction was an immediate success and required a D ticket to enter. So it got a little downgraded over the years as, as attractions became more sophisticated. Um, guests familiar with the Disneyland version would notice that the Magic Kingdom's theater was considerably larger. This attraction was replaced in 1998 by the Enchanted Tiki Room under new management. Did any of you ever see this? Yeah. Yes. What did you think? My kids thought it was funny. I did not like it myself. I didn't appreciate it. I like well, the I like the classic original. When you consider that in that attraction, one of the things I always hated when I went to go see the show there was people would go through, sit down for the opening number, and then they get up and walk out. Is this at Walt Disney World, Nancy? At Walt Disney World, yeah. People would just, okay. I mean, they would, or they look at the inside of it, and then they go straight through. They decide it was a waste of their time. Or, you know, because they have a lot of people who do the high commando touring. And so people look at it and say, this isn't worth us sitting here for a while. And then they go. And it just ruined the flow. It ruined the show for the people sitting around them. And it led to a downturn. In fact, 
I was actually in the very last audience for that original production um, before they converted it to the... Before the, it caught on fire? <laughs> <laughs> before yeah. Zazu and Iago had to come in and, and hawk the tiki room. Oh, you were in the original Tropical Serenade. Okay. Yeah, I was in the original Tropical Serenade when gotcha. it... When it, uh, was, and they let us hang out and look at the birds too. Uh, they left everybody out, um, instead of, you know, retracting them and they let us, uh, walk around and take pictures nice. and stuff. It yeah, was really is, cool. That's very cool. And we watched, you know, several people who attended the attraction, um, as cast members, you know, bawling their eyes out. <laughs> oh. It was, it was quite the, quite the touching moment. Yeah. Oh, geez, geez. No, I mean, I thought it was very sad. But well, well, for folks who never saw the Under New Management show, um, this started out similar to the original show, but it was soon interrupted by Iago and um, from Aladdin, voiced by Gilbert Gottfried. And Iago yells at the birds and insists they update their act when Zazu from the Lion King enters and tells him to leave the other birds alone and warns them against upsetting the tiki gods. Iago continues and indirectly insults the gods, resulting in the tiki goddess Oa, isn't that clever, waking up and zapping him with her powers. Um, I refer to this as the abomination. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was pretty bad. It was terrible. But um, they did it to try and update it. I mean... Yeah, but this show was almost doomed from the start because remember they yeah. had Philip and Morris because they mm-hmm. didn't have the tiki gods in the pre-show. They had two tiki birds yep. that did banter back and forth. And when they changed the show, it was Philip and Morris and went back and forth. And one was voiced by Phil Hartman, who was murdered like two months into the show oh, opening. Yeah. And um, so it 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 left it left a funny feeling with people like almost from the beginning. Um, when when a small fire broke out in the attraction on January twelfth, twenty eleven, Disney yes, Disney fans expressed hope that the original attraction would return. But for a while, there were plans to open a Pirates of the Caribbean attraction fe- uh, show featuring Captain Jack Sparrow in there as an AA figure. But ultimately, Tropical Serenade returned, although it it's a shorter version, um, very similar to Disneyland's, but even shorter than our current version. And the Magic oh. Fountain is no longer in the show. So um, they, they have, don't hear uh, the cockatoos don't sing then? So no, they, it's, it, it, no, they, it's, oh, I think it's a, I forget how much shorter it is, but and I don't believe they have the um, "Let's All Sing Like the Birdie Sings" segment, if I remember oh. correctly. And 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 of course, then they don't have the magic fountain going up, and mm. all that. They have like a mist. They have like a little planter in the middle with a mist. Um, it, it's a little less magical. Now, in Tokyo, their version started out like the original, but it was changed to have a Vegas style theme. With lounge, yes, I know, with lounge style songs in 1999. And then in 2008, it was changed again, returning to Hawaiian theme, but this time incorporating Stitch from Lilo and Stitch into the mix. Yeah, Stitch is very popular in Japan. He is. 
In in late 2004, Disneyland's Enchanted Tiki Room closed for an extensive refurbishment. Uh, the exterior of the building was in sad shape, and inside, the birds' feathers were routinely falling from their bodies, and you could hear their hydraulics sputtering as they sang. Um, it, it's It was much like the rest of the park that was falling into disrepair. And um, Disneyland's 50th birthday was rapidly approaching, and Disneyland and this attraction needed some serious attention if it was to be presentable for the park's big celebration. So when the show reopened seven months later, it had been restored to its former glory. The score had been digitally remastered, and a new sound system had been installed. In addition, many of the birds and flowers had been replaced with state-of-the-art AA figures. The show's length was also shortened somewhat. You might remember the Offenbach um, segment. Um, I'm that, still upset that they lo- that they got rid of it. Yeah, yeah, that was removed, and and um, and that took several minutes out of uh, right off the top of the show. So this is so this will be noticeable by anybody who bought the the you know the LP in the early years or who's found the full length version of the show on the internet. Um, the Tiki Room is very special in my opinion, Disney legend and former Imagineer head Marty Sklar said. It's wonderful. It's magic, really, to be enclosed in that environment and have it all come to life like that. Um, the Enchanted Tiki Room was a monumental achievement on many levels. Walt Disney and his staff had seemingly done the impossible, bringing animated figures to life. Guests who saw the show during the first year left the Tiki Room with what Disney executives have since coined as the eyes-up, jaws-down look of amazement on their faces. The Enchanted Tiki Room isn't nearly as exciting as many other Disney attractions, but it's a classic and it's historic. Its AA figures are the beginning of so many wonderful attractions to follow. It's a charming show that Walt personally supervised its creation. So the next time you're at Disneyland or the Magic Kingdom, once you come to Uncle Walt's tropical hideaway and sing like the birdie sings. Sweet, 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 sweet. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you, Michael. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch our other Disneyland shows this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember... Disneyland is more magical, but it's shared. Thanks for listening.